You guys, guess what? Today is the one year birthday of that remote show. That's right. We've been doing this podcast for one year. So I have a little bit of a special episode for you guys today. So let's get into it. Hey, what's up, you guys? My name is Mikko Koshovsky, and welcome to episode 59 of That Remote Show, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, uh, this is actually the official birthday episode of That Remote Show. That's right. So one year ago, I launched the very first few episodes of the show and to celebrate what we're going to do in this episode is to actually look back at the last year of the show and reveal the five episodes that received the most downloads over the last year. So you're definitely going to want to stick around until the end and see if your favorite episode made it into that very top spot. But before we get going, I do want to make a few notes uh, about the one-year anniversary of the show because there's some new things happening uh, that I just want to make you guys aware of. First of all, I want to thank you guys for listening all of this time. Seriously, this uh, the show wouldn't exist without you. Uh, it would be nowhere as much fun without you guys. And, you know, it's been so great to get to connect uh, with you guys, the listeners, over uh, the last year. It, it's seriously every time that I get a review or a nice message on Instagram or something like that for one of you guys, it totally makes my day. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for downloading and subscribing. And thank you so much for telling your friends for it, seriously, or telling your friends about the show. Seriously, it's it's been the best. Um, the second thing that I do want to say is uh, this is kind of a big one. Uh, we have a new name for the podcast. That's right. It won't be called That Remote Show anymore. It will actually from now on be called That Remote Life Podcast. And the reason why we did that was because my website is called That Remote Life. And I feel like there was some confusion uh, is the, you know, with it being called That Remote Show. A lot of people were calling it That Remote Life Podcast already. People were calling the website That Remote Show. There was just some confusion. When I first started it, I had this vision of having all of these kind of like subsidiaries, I think that's the right word, uh, of the brand, That Remote Life. Like I wanted to have like That Remote Life, which is the website, then That Remote Show, then That Remote Life, like, or That Remote TV or something like that for YouTube. I don't know. I just had this idea for it. It clearly didn't really work out. Uh, One of the immediate things that you can know about your branding is if it's confusing people and they don't know what to call it. That's a problem. So we decided to rename it and call it That Remote Life Podcast just to make things easier. Uh, So let me know, what do you guys think about that? I'm kind of sad that the whole That Remote Show thing is going away, but also I understand that this makes it easier, but I'd love to hear what you guys think. What do you think? Do you like That Remote Life Podcast more? Do you like That Remote Show more? Tell us what you think. But for the moment, Um, not for the moment, we are officially moving on to being called That Remote Life Podcast. Uh, And along with that, 
this new rebrand, we also uh, decided to get the podcast art updated. And so we're kind of going something similar to what we had before, but we are getting the uh, podcast art that I made originally, which was not good because I made it. Uh, we got it updated and touched up by our awesome new designer, Maria. So thank you so much, Maria, for putting that together. It was awesome. And I'm super happy to hear what you guys think about it. Um, what is this? Point number four. Uh, is that we recently launched the twice weekly episodes. So from now on, you guys can expect, I know I've said this before, but just to announce it again, from now on, you can expect two episodes of That Remote Life podcast now. See, it's the new the new name of uh, the show. Uh, you can expect one on Monday, which is going to be our featured episodes with uh, entrepreneurs and digital nomads and really kind of understanding their story uh, and how they came to do what they do. And then on Thursday, we're doing what we've started calling the deep dive episodes. And these are episodes in, during which we really dive in really deep on one particular topic. Sometimes it might be just me. Sometimes it will be with a guest uh, who has a lot of expertise that I don't have and we kind of dive in deep on that topic. So make sure that you check that out. and. Also, I'm going to be trying to make as many of those deep dive episodes actually first be in video so you can watch them as well. So if you go over to YouTube right now, I'm going to put the link to my YouTube channel uh, in the uh, show notes for this episode, but definitely go there and check it out. You can see our very first video episode, um, which was with my buddy Nathan from Merida. Uh, so you can uh, check that out there. That was a super fun episode. We recorded during Cinco de Mayo. We were drinking. It was a ton of fun. Uh, you should surely check that out. And you're also going to start seeing, if you do go over to the YouTube channel, it's it's actually my old YouTube channel where I was doing some vlogging several years back, all the way back in 2017, when I first start, got started uh, living as a digital nomad. But uh, you are going to start seeing a lot more that remote live branding on that, uh, which is something that I'm really excited for and you guys can look forward to. Finally, I do want to give a huge shout out to my awesome podcast production team, uh, Jen and Abby, without whom a lot of the growth of the podcast wouldn't have been possible. Um, these two ladies came in and they've made my life so much easier. They've taken over so much of the production of this. Uh, and so I just want to say thank you so much for coming on uh, onto the team. It's been so awesome to have you. And seriously, this podcast uh, would not be as good as it is without them. So if you guys are listening, please give them a, you know, a little clap. I'm, I'm clapping over here, but you guys clap in your car or clap in your house. I know you guys aren't driving to work in right now, but um, yeah. So thank you, Jen and Abby, uh, for doing all that you do. All right, you guys, without further ado, let's dive into uh, the five most downloaded episodes of the first year of that remote show, now to be called That Remote Life Podcast. And let's get started. And we're going to start from the bottom and we're going to work our way up to the most popular because, you know, we can't just reveal what the most popular episode is. But the fifth most popular episode, guys, are you ready? The fifth most popular episode was episode number 37, how to grow and sell an eight-figure business in four years with Nathan Hirsch posting a job on Upwork, getting 50 people to apply, interviewing them one by one, took forever. You find someone, if they're not good, you start that process all over again. And I just wanted something better and faster. 
Yeah, so I'm totally not surprised that this episode made it into the top five because Nathan is an awesome entrepreneur and he's been very successful. Uh, and one of the things that made this episode really interesting was that we actually booked this episode, like we booked to do this interview. Um, and then a few days before we actually sat down to do the interview, Nathan announced that he sold his company free up. And so it was really funny because it was like, you know, I had been planning to talk to him about how he built the company and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden I realized that this really important thing happened and it kind of changed the direction of the interview. So that was really cool to kind of sit down and talk to him about, you know, this right after it happened. And I don't know this for a fact, but I really wouldn't be surprised if that was the very first interview he gave um, after selling the business. So it was really fun to kind of immediately get his, you know, take on the whole situation and what he thought about it and really get, you know, that, that, that fresh, those fresh thoughts on it. Um, another thing that he talked about was, uh, another thing that he talked about in that episode was how him and his partner were able to scale the business so quickly. And he really kind of like laid out all of those like steps that they took. And I think that was really interesting um, because I've, I've been following Nathan on Facebook for a while now, you know, we, we connected on Facebook first and I was following him for a little bit, uh, learned a little bit about him. We did the interview and then I've been following him ever since that as well. And I think the thing that I noticed about Nathan is how aggressive he is and how quickly he moves. And when I say aggressive, I don't mean like screaming in your face, sort of aggressive, but I mean aggressive in that. It's like I see him almost in like live time. He is polling his audience on Facebook. He has he's been able to build up quite an audience on Facebook of fellow entrepreneurs, which is actually something that we talked about in the episode as well. Um, but he actively polls them, gets their ideas, like their thoughts on an idea that he has. And then it's almost like a week later he has executed it and he like puts it up and he says, Hey, all of you guys that, you know, we're interested in this, here it is. And I love how aggressive and how fast he moves in that because I think a lot of us kind of have an idea and just think about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And we don't really do much. We don't take immediate action on it. And on the other hand, Nathan is just, Hey, I have an idea what is the audience that I'm focusing that idea on? What do they think about it? And then he executes immediately. He doesn't take, uh, or at least it doesn't seem like he takes that much time to like, you know, would they like it? Would they not like it? You know, and kind of like allowing that self-doubt to creep in. And I was actually, uh, this is not so much related to the episode itself, but related to this idea of of aggressive and immediate action. Um, I was on a recent call with uh, a, a group call with Noah Kagan from AppSumo, who um, I just I love his style of business. I love he's got he's got a lot of these like not. I mean, he's certainly motivational, but he has several times said very similar things, uh, and I, like. I remember he had this quote once about like, you know, putting a gun to your head and saying, hey, if you had to build this business in 48 hours, how would you do it? And how more people should act in that way. Um, and I was reminded of that during that call with Noah because he kind of like did several things during that call that really made me remember uh, exactly that, you know, having that aggressive immediate action on things can be really beneficial. And I think that's something that Nathan does really well. And it, when you guys, if 
I think that you guys definitely should go back and check the, that episode out. Again, that was episode number 37, but I think you're going to notice that. Nathan is very quick, very aggressive, and um, I love that, and I think it's something that we should adopt also um, in our lives. So that was episode number five, um, the fifth most popular episode of the first year of that remote show. Um, that was, again, episode number 37 with Nathan Hirsch. Um, really great episode. I'm not surprised that one made it into the top. Okay, guys, we're moving up here. Let's do episode number four. Are you guys ready? Do you guys have your bets placed? I wonder, do you guys have like a favorite episode and you're kind of like, I really don't want to hear it yet. I don't want to hear this number four, but I want to make sure that it did make it into the fifth episode. I don't know. I'm curious. I wish I would have polled you guys first of like what you think the top episodes were or what your most favorite episodes were. That would have been fun, but I didn't do it. All right, you guys, the fourth most popular episode, this is actually really funny because it's the fourth most popular episode and it's episode number 44, and that is building starter story to $8,000 per month in revenue as a digital nomad with Pat Walls. The, the business owner of the bidet company was like, oh my God, I'm getting all this business. And um, I was like, wow, I'm getting all this traffic and like this kind of works. And then I could just kind of did that over and over again and kept trying to find more interesting businesses and sharing their story. And that's when things really started rolling. This was a really fun episode to record because I've been following Pat on Twitter for like, I think like a year or more uh, before we recorded this episode. And I've, I really love all of the work that he's done with his company um, and his website, Starter Story. And I've been, like I said, I've been following him on Twitter. And also he has taken up quite like a leadership position in the indie hacker community. And if you guys have never heard of indie hacker before, I recommend that you guys go and check out the website. It's a really cool community for uh, bootstrapped entrepreneurs. These are entrepreneurs that are building businesses, small businesses that are not funded. And a lot of them specifically in indie hacker do tend to be more uh, tech focused. And I love going to Indie Hacker. I love reading all the stuff in there. It's always really fun to see what people are working on. And um, I think maybe that's how I became familiar with Pat. I'm not sure, but I loved his website, Starter Story. It's like a website where founders get to share, you know, the story of how they started their businesses. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, and so it's really fun to scroll through his website and see all the different stories of these entrepreneurs and all different things that they've built. Uh, and also they share, you know, their revenue and that kind of stuff. So it's really cool if you're a nerd about that stuff like I am, which I'm assuming that you are, if you're listening to this show, uh, you should definitely go and check it out. But Pat and I really got to dive into his, you know, entire story of how um, he became an accountant right after college and started working in an accounting firm in New York City and how he was just kind of like unhappy doing that. He felt that he was in this ultra corporate environment and the way that he saw himself getting out of that was to actually learn to code and he joined one of these code boot camps. And if you guys have never heard of these coding boot camps, they are amazing because you can go into these boot camps without knowing anything about code, without having any sort of experience with, with development, um, whether that's web development or software development. And in a few months, literally, I'm not exaggerating when I say in a few months, it really depends on the boot camp how long they take, but you can come out on the other side being a like legitimate developer 
with like a six-figure salary job waiting for you. Um, I mean, you guys know how well people in tech get paid, and these boot camps can literally turn you into a full-fledged, full-fledged developer in just a few months with a nice salary waiting on the other side. And that's what Pat did. He went through one of these boot camps, and we got to talk a little bit about his experience in those because I do think it's a great way to go remote. Listen. If you're interested in tech, if you're interested in software or web development, um, I think these boot camps are a really great idea. Um, you know, you, you learn a new skill that's highly paid, and then we all know that uh, there's so many jobs out there for web developers and software developers uh, that are remote and location independent. So uh, I loved getting Pat's perspective on that as somebody that he's gone through as somebody who's gone through it. But afterwards, we also got to talk about, um, you know, how he went on to start Starter Story. And um, we also talked about some of the other things that he started since then. And that's one of the things that I've noticed in Indie Hacker as well, um, that community that I mentioned, is that a lot of the people don't just start one thing. It's really a community for people who love to build new things. And that's definitely something that... Um, Pat is, you know, he's somebody who loves to build new things. Um, we talked about a few of his other ventures, like the 24-hour hackathon that he started, which was a very popular event that went kind of viral um, in the space. That was really cool to hear him uh, talk about. I actually remember that thing happening, but I don't know if I knew that it was him. Uh, but I I definitely remember that kind of going viral when it was first launched. Launched, And then we also talked about his uh, newest kind of a software tool called TriPigeon, which is a type of uh, CRM add-on for Gmail. But yeah, guys, I love this episode. I love talking with Pat because I think we're very similar in that we just love to build things. You know, he likes, uh, you know, I think he takes a bit more of like a software approach to it, whereas I obviously don't have that background, but it's still really nice to talk to people who are builders and creators and entrepreneurs in the true sense of the word, meaning they just love to create new things. So that was a really awesome episode. I'm not at all surprised that I made it into the top five. Um, and Pat has been super successful. And if you guys don't follow him, on Twitter, definitely do so and go and check out that episode. You can find it at thatremotelife.com forward slash episode 44. But all right, you guys, um, let's move on to the third most popular episode. We're moving up here. We're getting closer to the top spot. And this episode, you guys, is actually very near and dear to my heart. And it's because it is episode number 19 how to find a location-independent job and double your income with Caroline Lloyd. From, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I had a, a great job in New York. I went through a transition period where, like, I was, like, almost to what that salary was. But at this point from a year ago, my where I am now, it has doubled. So for me, looking for remote opportunities was a huge career leap for me. All right, yeah, so like I said before that little uh, highlight there, this is an episode that is very near and dear to my heart because Caroline is one of my very good friends and I like remember this episode kind of like not the episode itself, but 
the story behind the episode. I remember that unfolding like in front of my eyes, you know. I remember when I first met Caroline, um, she is uh, the girlfriend of one of my best friends, uh, Ian Hoyt, and together they are the people behind uh, Life Nomading, uh, which you guys have probably heard on here before a few times. I've had Ian on a few times. Uh, and I remember when we first met and, you know, she was working this job in New York City and she was talking about how she wanted to to quit that job in order to go travel and, and do the things that we were doing. And I remember her quitting her job without really having like anything, you know, any sort of plan. Like she had savings and, you know, her plan was to kind of like quit and go travel and kind of like figure out what to do and try to find, you know, a remote job or worst case scenario, you know, she's going to come back to New York City and get another job. And what was really cool was after she quit her job and she like went traveling and, you know, we met up, um, her, Ian, myself and uh, my fiance, Sarah, that's a motorcycle passing by, um, we met up in Bulgaria, and I remember her searching for jobs, and just kind of, it was this constant up and down, up and down of like, I'm going to find a job, and then afterwards, you know, she'd get really down, and like, feel like it was never going to happen, and we just kept telling her, no, keep going, keep going, keep going, you know, don't stop, it's out there, like, you can do it, and then I remember her landing her new job, and like, realizing that she was making, and I can't remember if it was immediately, but that she was making just as much money, and actually even more money than she was uh, at her job in New York City, and it was just this thing, like, it literally happened right in front of me, I remember how excited she was, I remember how excited we all were, because now it was like, you know, we could all travel together, and it was, it was really awesome, and it was so much fun to kind of retell that story, uh, during this interview, and, uh, it was just, it was awesome, and I'm not surprised, again, I mean, I'm not surprised that any of these episodes made it in, but this was one that from the very beginning, this episode did very well from the very beginning, because I think so much in, you know, the location independent community, we talk so much about building an online business, but at the end of the day, you don't need to build a business in order to be location independent. Maybe you're not somebody who has any interest in building a business but still wants to live, you know, the location independent uh, digital nomad lifestyle. And that's totally, totally possible nowadays. You know, maybe 10, 15 years ago it would have been really difficult. But today it's it's never been easier to just find a job and be able to travel with it. You know, there's so many of these job boards. I have a uh, blog post on the website uh, with some of my favorite ones. I'm sure you guys can Google it and find it. I can't really remember um, what the URL of that one was, but it's never been easier. And and that's exactly what Caroline did. You know, and it might've taken her a couple of months and maybe it was stressful because she didn't know if it was going to pan out, but it happened, you know? And so it can definitely happen for you. And this was such a fun episode um, to record. I remember actually it was, we recorded this episode in Varna, Bulgaria, uh, right before the launch of the first life nomading trip in, in Varna. And we were actually in the room, and I think we talked about this in the episode as well. We were in the room in which um, some of the trip goers were staying in. And so we just found a little bit of time. You know, we had just fixed their rooms, and we sat down on um, like the kitchen table in one of those rooms and recorded this episode. And it was so much fun because. It was just, like I said, I I watched the story kind of unfold in front of my eyes, and it was so much fun to sit down with Caroline and, and just talk about it. So if you're somebody who, you know, doesn't know if building a business is 
you don't know if building a business is for you or you just, you know, you want to find a job and, you know, save up some money before starting your business or whatever, you know, I think that that's a really great option. And I think that Caroline's story is a super inspirational one. Um, and seriously, you know, I know Caroline would say it. If she can do it, you can do it as well. So uh, definitely check that episode out. You can find it at thatremotelife.com forward slash episode 19. All right, you guys, we are into officially the top two most popular episodes of the first year of the podcast. And the second most popular episode is episode number 17, The Fastest Way to Become a Digital Nomad by Teaching English Online with Rachel Story. So right now, we teach from 6.30 to 9 in the morning. And then again from 9 to 11 at night. And then we have the entire rest of our day to go to the beach, hang out at our rooftop pool. Or I, I honestly spend most of my time at the co-working space working on my travel blog. <laughs> All right. So the very cool thing about this episode and having Rachel on, on the podcast, especially so early on in the podcast, this was just episode 17 was that actually Rachel and I met online through a group called Location Indie, which we've talked about, I'm sure we've mentioned before, uh, which is a great group if you're just getting started and you want to learn how to become location independent. That is a great group. Uh, go and check it out at locationindie.com. But Rachel and I met in that group, and uh, we had actually never met in person. And we recorded this episode, and then uh, since then, we actually happened to both be in Merida, Mexico uh, at the beginning of the year, and we got to hang out in person, and, and that was so much fun. Uh, so it was cool that we recorded an episode and then, you know, almost like a year later, we actually met in person. But what was really cool about having Rachel on is that Rachel is an expert on teaching English online and a kind of like, you know, the previous episode with Caroline, this is one of those things that you can do without necessarily building a business. It is a super popular way to make money online and it's like without really needing to know much, there's pretty low uh, requirements for you to be able to do that. Funny enough, one of them is um, not for all of the like websites to do, to do this through, but the most popular one, one of the requirements is to have a college degree, which your boy Miko does not. So I remember uh, when I was like really broke a few years back, I looked into this and I just got super depressed because I've always been like, well, hey, worst case scenario, I can always just teach English online. And I was super broke. I didn't have any money and I went to do this. And I was like, oh my God, I can't even do this. Like the thing that, you know, Everybody can do getting started out. I couldn't do, but if you have a degree, uh, there are you know you have a much better chance of uh, starting to to teach English online. There are some websites, like I said, that they don't necessarily require you to have that, and that's uh, all something that Rachel and I Rachel and I discussed in the episode. But like I said, I think one of the reasons why this episode. Uh, did so well and why it was so popular was that it really is one of the fastest way to become a digital nomad. Uh, I mean, you can sign up and within, you know, you can sign up for these websites and within a pretty sh relatively short amount of time, you can have your 
classrooms, quote unquote, like you can have your classes booked out and be making several thousand dollars a month, uh, which is enough money for you to, you know, go and travel around the world um, and, you know, have a pretty good life in most parts of the world. And so, you know, Rachel and I, during this episode, I really got to, um, she really kind of told us everything you need to know in order to get started. We talked about uh, what websites to teach on and what the differences between uh, the websites were. Uh, we talked about how to get started, you know, if there are any tests or anything like that that you need to take. Um, she also shared some of her best tips on how to fill up your classes as quickly as possible uh, in, and also how to, like, make the most money as possible because there's ways that you can, like, kind of, like, get, like, bonuses. Um, and one of the really fun things that we discussed were actually some of the best places in the world to teach from. Obviously, this is something that you can do being location independent. You can, you know, no, they don't care where you are when you're teaching them. But because so many of these websites are actually teaching Chinese kids, um, it was really cool to for her to share actually some of the places that she has found that was like the most comfortable to do uh, the teaching English online from where, you know, she had the most fun and, and, and kind of at work with the time zones. So that was really cool. Seriously, if you are somebody who, you know, you don't necessarily want to build a business again, you just want to travel. Like you want to take the next two to three years, obviously after all of this Corona stuff, is kind of, you know, we've gotten past it, but you want to take a few years and go and travel. You don't necessarily want to worry about building a business or getting a full-time job or anything like that. You just want to backpack. This is a really great option. Seriously. Uh, if I had known about this when I dropped out of college, I would have totally been doing it because, you know, you can go travel around, make a couple thousand bucks a month and be super comfortable and really happy. So um, if that sounds like something that you'd be interested in, definitely check out that episode. It is thatremotelife.com forward slash episode 17. That's the URL at which you can find the episode. And the really cool thing is that Rachel has a course that will teach you how to kind of do all of this so that you don't need to figure out all of those things on your own. And at that link, thatremotelife.com forward slash episode 17, there's actually a 35% off coupon for her course. So if this is something that you're interested in, definitely go and check that out. And I think that is an affiliate link. So if you do use that, I will get a little, uh, you know, kickback from that uh, at no extra cost to you. But yeah, guys, that was the second most popular episode of the whole show so far. Um, so thank you, Rachel, for coming on the show. It was a ton of fun. But now we need to move on. We need to go and talk about the most popular episode of the first year of that remote show. Have I not mentioned your favorite episode yet? In that case, this is it. This is it. This is the last chance for your favorite episode to make it into the top five. Are you guys ready? Drum roll, please. That is the crappy drum roll I just did on my desk. But the most downloaded episode of the first year of that remote show is the four-hour work week in 2019. The most fundamental of American questions is hard for me to answer these days, and luckily so. If it weren't, you wouldn't be holding this book in your hands. So what do you do? 
Assuming you can find me, hard to do, and depending on when you ask me, I'd prefer you didn't, I could be racing motorcycles in Europe, scuba diving off a private island in Panama, resting under a palm tree between kickboxing sessions in Thailand, or dancing tango tango in Buenos Aires. The beauty is, I'm not a multimillionaire, nor do I particularly care to be. All right, guys, so it is not surprising, I think, that the most popular episode of the first year was about the most popular book in the digital nomad world, which is The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And the reason why I decided to bring my friend Mitch Lore on to help me discuss this book is that I just realized that in just about every episode, the guest would mention The 4-Hour Workweek. It is like, you know, it's not a... It, there's a reason why we call it the Bible of the digital nomad world. You know, it's like everybody's read this book and everybody recommends this book because it really does a very good job of outlining how to do what we do, how to get started, you know, all the benefits of doing it. it it's just such a good book. Uh, I mean, Tim Ferriss himself will say that it's a very shitty title. I think, yes, I understand why he's saying that it's a very shitty title, but then again, I think. I don't know, if it was a different name, it might not have been as popular. But the reason why we sat down to do this episode as well was that the last time that this book was edited, I think was all the way back in 2009. And obviously, a lot of things have changed. You know, we recorded this episode in 2019. Uh, it had been 10 years since the last uh, time the book was updated. And since then, a lot of stuff has changed. Um, and so what Mitch and I did was to really discuss what has aged well and what hasn't aged well in the book. Obviously, there were tons and tons of like these specific things that Tim Ferriss talks about and these specific tips that he gives on how to get started that just don't work anymore. Um, like I specifically remember him talking about how easy it was to build an e-commerce store and how there was like no competition in Google ads and how quickly you could ramp up Google ads and make money. And that is just not true anymore. It was definitely true in 2009 when he wrote this book, but it's not true anymore. And so there are a lot of these specifics that clearly have not aged well. Um, then that makes total sense. You know, technology changes, things become way more popular and way more competitive. But I think overall, the thing that Mitch and I kind of agreed on was that what has aged really well from this book is still the mindset and the fact that it's you can do all of these things and also just the idea of it the whole movement has aged really well i mean like we've talked about in, from several of these episodes that have been in the top 5 it has never been easier to do this uh, it has never been easier to quit your job and you know go and start a business or find a location dependent job i know actually it's funny because tim ferris talks about like um, you know, he had this entire chapter in the book where he talked about how to slowly convince your boss to let you go remote. And I remember Mitch and I were talking, we're just like, nowadays you just be like, nope, I quit and I'm just going to get a location dependent job. Right. So, um, it is funny how the mindset stuff has really remained, uh, very, very good, uh, very up to date. And actually another part that Mitch and I discussed in this book that is aged really well is actually um, one of the last chapters of the book. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called right now. We talk about it in the episode, um, but 
Tim Ferriss talks about it, and he has said that if there was a chapter that he would rewrite, it would be that one. Because in that chapter, he talks about what to do once you've achieved all of this, right? So obviously, The 4-Hour Workweek is a book in which Tim Ferriss tells you how to build um, a what he calls a business muse, which is a a lifestyle business, essentially a business that allows you to work just a few hours a week so that you can then, you know, kind of like do whatever you want with your life. And he talks about in this last chapter, like what to do once you've done that and how to kind of like, I think it's called filling the void. Now that I started talking about it, it came to me. And he said that this is the chapter that he would rewrite because nobody read that chapter. Uh, and I think the reason why nobody read that chapter was because everybody kind of read the book. This is my hypothesis on why. But everybody sort of read the book and they were like, okay, when I get to that point, when I get to this point where I've built a business and I don't really need to worry about going to work or anything like that, I'll worry about it then. And so many people did achieve what Tim Ferriss talks about in this book, but never went back and reread that part of the book. And this is something that Mitch and I talked about because, you know, it's something that's needed. You know, how do you fill that void? How do you deal with um, relationships? You know, when you're when you've become nomadic, there's a lot of these things that Tim Ferriss touches on in that section that I think I would like. I think people didn't read all the way through, and there's a lot of people who complain about the location-dependent digital nomad life and touch on some of the things that Tim discusses in that section of the book. So. That was really fun to reread and kind of look at with fresh eyes because Mitch said that he actually reads this book pretty often. He kind of like tries to reread it every year. I actually hadn't read it since the first time I read it. So it was really great to revisit the book and just kind of look at it with new eyes now that I am a digital nomad myself uh, and have been able to achieve at least a part of what Tim Ferriss talks about in that book. But yeah, guys, that was the top episode of the first year of that remote show. Uh, to be honest, I kind of knew it was going to do really well because it's such a popular book. I knew that the title would probably grab people and that was my way of being sneaky. Um, but also because so many people refer it, I knew people would be interested to check this out. So I'm really excited that, that this episode uh, was downloaded so much. Um, I'm curious if this was your favorite episode or not. And the other really cool thing about this episode was that it was kind of the inspiration for the new Deep Dive Thursday episodes. Because this was the first episode in which we kind of did this where I had already interviewed Mitch on the show and I brought him back to kind of have a co-host to bounce back and forth ideas for this. And it was so much fun and I really enjoyed sort of diving in so deep on this one topic that I was kind of like, okay, let's do more of it. And especially when I saw how popular this episode was, I know obviously the fact that it's on the 4-Hour Workweek had something to do with it, but it was a ton of fun, uh, and I hope that you guys found it helpful, and I do hope that you guys find, you know, I always hope that you guys find all of, you know, the episodes that I release helpful, but uh, I think the deep dive episodes are going to be very helpful to you guys that are building up a business or just getting started um, with the location independent movement. But all right, you guys, that's it. Again, the top five episodes from the order of uh, the fifth most popular episode was episode number 37, how to grow and sell an eight-figure business in four years with Nathan Hirsch. And you can find that episode at thatremotelife.com 
forward slash episode 37. The fourth most popular episode was episode 44, building starter story to $8,000 per month in revenue as a digital nomad with Pat Walls. And you can find that at thatremotelife.com forward slash episode 44. The third most popular episode was episode number 19, how to find a location independent job and double your income with my very good friend, Caroline Lloyd. I'm sure you can guess what the episode URL for that one is. The second most popular episode was episode number 17, the fastest way to become a digital nomad by teaching English online with Rachel Story. Again, that's at thatremotelife.com forward slash episode 17. And at that URL, you can find that 35% off coupon for her course to learn how to do, um, how to teach English online as a digital nomad. And the most popular episode of the first year of That Remote Show was the four-hour work week in 2019 with my buddy Mitch Lore during which we discussed the book. All right, you guys, I hope that you have enjoyed listening to that remote show over this year. Um, I have loved making it uh, and, you know, talking to you guys and meeting some of you guys in person and getting to talk to you guys online. It's been a blast. If you're a listener, reach out, say hi on Instagram, shoot me an email, leave a review. That is awesome. I love reading the reviews on iTunes. It's also super helpful because as you guys, I'm sure know, iTunes is a mess when it comes down to ranking podcasts. And so every review helps. And don't forget to subscribe, hit that subscribe button so that you make, so that you get all the episodes that we release and tell a friend if you're loving this episode and you have a friend that you think, uh, would enjoy it or a friend who wants to go travel and become location independent, share this episode with them if you're enjoying it. Uh, That would be awesome and I'd greatly appreciate it. But all right, you guys, I hope you guys are safe and sound during these crazy times and I will see you guys again this Thursday for a deep dive Thursday episode. Stay safe, see you guys and have a great day. (laughs) 